Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Once I was so hungry that I went to the kitchen in the middle of the night. After I rummaged through the fridge and stood up, a maid dropped the crockery in her hands the moment she saw my face. Ah! Ghost! Help! Immediately, my butler appeared, gagged her, and dragged her out. The next day, she was fired. I could understand why. It's because she had seen my devil-like face. Hi, I'm Jennifer, 17 years old. I was born into a rich and esteemed family in Maryland. My dad is the state governor, and my mom is a talented politician. Therefore, our family's image is everything to us. Unfortunately, their only daughter, me, is a flawed child. Ever since I was little, I've had a large birthmark on my face. This made me ashamed of myself and my parents were also extremely hesitant to let me appear in public with them. Since I was small, I've overheard some people talking badly about my birthmark. Even my parents were always asking me to stay at home and if I wanted to go out, I would be accompanied by a bodyguard. They even went as far as hiring a private teacher to our mansion so I wouldn't have to go to school. Once, I carelessly walked into my dad's workroom without knowing that he was having a live interview. When I saw myself on the screen, I panicked and quickly grabbed the nearest thing beside me, which was a trash bin, to cover my head and sat down to hide. On the other end of the line, the interviewee laughed. Your daughter is so cute. In front of thousands of people watching it live, my dad <laughs> smiled wryly and replied, Oh, no, she's our maid. What? Before I could protest, my mom suddenly appeared, <gasps> put a feather brush in my hand, and then dragged me outside. Jennifer, be more mindful of whatever you do next time, understood? It was so ridiculous. Now I had to be careful in my own home. Honestly, I felt hurt, but that was not the only time my existence was denied. Every time we had guests, mom and dad would remind me to stay obediently in my room. In particular, once on Thanksgiving Day, they held a party and invited their work partners to attend. Once again, my mom told me not to show up. Sweetie, please stay in your room until the guests come home. Ugh, how terrible! Just how long would I have to hide like this? Sitting in my room for an hour, I started to feel bored. I decided to open the door a little to see what was going on outside. Suddenly, it pushed back toward me. Someone was trying to enter my room. I tried to close the door, but the other person was stronger, causing me to fall to the floor in pain. A young man walked in, looked at me in bewilderment while I panically covered my face with a nearby hat. Oh, sorry. I thought this was the bathroom. You're... Oh gosh, what should I say now? I was too embarrassed to look at him. The boy gently took off my hat and discovered that I was the girl in the many pictures that were hanging in my room. Fine, seemed like there was no point in lying now. Ahem, <clears throat> this room is mine. I'm the daughter of the state governor. I see. I'm Larry, the son of the city mayor. Larry reached out and shook my hand while I asked him to keep our encounter a secret. But why? I told him about the large birthmark on my face that might ruin my family's image, but to my surprise, he laughed a little, <laughs> touched my birthmark, and said, So we have something in common. A secret no one must know. 
I bet nobody could think that the city mayor's son suffers from a serious OCD. Larry smiled and told me that because of his disorder, sometimes he would adjust his father's tie while he was taking <gasps> photos with the senior politicians, and sometimes during the interview he would sit down to scrub the floor. Due to that, he often stayed away from his father to avoid ruining his image. It shocked me. No one had ever touched my face like that, nor telling me something so intimate before. He was also quite <laughs> handsome to boost. We had a good time talking until his dad told him to go home. Huh? After that day, Larry and I became soulmates. We used to talk to each other until 4 a.m. for several days in a row. <laughs> we even shared our passion hmm. for painting. He said he wanted to show me his best works, and of course I eagerly agreed. In order to get out of the house without being detected, I put a bunch of clothes under my blanket <laughs> to fool everyone into thinking I was sleeping. With Larry waiting for me downstairs, I was putting one foot out of the window <gasps> when suddenly my dad walked in. Jennifer, what are you doing? Stop now. Ignoring what he said, I clung to the rope and jumped down. Quickly, I climbed onto Larry's motorcycle. A group of my bodyguards chased after us, but he swiftly cut them off. We drove as fast as we could to his mansion. Larry led me into a secret room displaying a lot of paintings. <gasps> Suddenly, my dad called. I picked up the phone and heard his torrential scolding. Jennifer, go home now. Since when did you become so rebellious? Since you called me a maid and kept me imprisoned inside my own room. <sighs> After saying that, I hung up and turned off the power. All everyone cared about was my family's face, not my feelings. I burst into bitter tears, seeing that Larry slowly brought out a paintbrush and a palette. Shh, it's alright, don't cry. Why don't you put your feelings onto the canvas? I took his brush and started drawing. Occasionally, Larry painted a few strokes on my cheeks and giggled. I guessed it was his attempt to cheer me up. I had never felt so comfortable next to someone before. When we finished our paintings, the colors had already run out. Larry gave me a glass of orange juice and headed to the door. Take your time to enjoy the masterpiece you've just created. I'll get us some more color tubes. <laughs> Having said that, he left. In the meantime, I approached his bookshelf. Coincidentally, <gasps> while looking, I found a book about OCD. Wait, I panicked when I noticed something <gasps> unusual. Larry claimed to have OCD, but he played around with the brushes and colors with such ease and mischief. While I was still suspicious, my eyes suddenly blurred and everything went black. Is she awake yet? No? What should we do next, Dad? I opened my eyes. In front of me were Larry and an old man. It was his father, James, the city mayor. I felt my hands and feet tied tightly. Only then did I realize the true face of my new friend. Oh, you're awake, Jennifer. Don't be so scared. It'll be over soon. It turned out that his dad would soon compete with mine in running for the state governor position. He planned this to force his opponent to resign. The phone rang and my dad was on the other end. Where is my daughter? Shut up and listen to me. James said that if my dad wanted to be safe, he must announce his resignation on live television. Fine, I'll do it. No, Dad! Don't do that! But he had already hung up, and shortly after, CNN immediately spread the news that my dad had withdrawn from the next governor election. Unbelievable! He really did it! James started untying me, but the moment I was released, the police siren sounded. Larry angrily tried to hold me back, but I quickly threw him a roundhouse kick and knocked him out on the spot. 
That's for trying to mess with me and my family. <laughs> he didn't know that aside from painting, I'm also well-versed in martial arts. The police flooded in and arrested both James and Larry. My parents ran to me and hugged me emotionally. Are you okay, sweetie? Don't be so close to me. They'll know I'm your shameful child. But Dad patted my head and said they had never been ashamed of me. They were only trying to hide my existence out of fear that if our enemies found out about me, they would try to hurt me just like Larry and James did. It turned out that I had misunderstood them all this time. But what about the election? You faked your resignation to trick them, right? I've truly withdrawn from it. You are more important to me than anything else, Jennifer. I was so touched, so Mom and Dad really love me after all. Only then did I realize that they weren't ashamed of my birthmark, but were just trying to protect me all along. After that day, my parents decided to stop being involved in politics and lived a simpler life. At the end of his term, my dad moved us to Paris. I was no longer grounded, but was set free to explore the world. Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... As if with a snap of my fingers, I suddenly was able to get inside people's heads. Well, not with a snap, of course, but because of a massive collision with a car bumper. And not literally get inside, but only to read minds. But still, this event turned my life upside down. Hi, my name's Emma, and I'm going to tell you why reading other people's minds isn't as cool as it sounds. Up till a certain point, I was living a carefree life in Boston with my parents. Ever since I was a kid, I was very active. I was eager to do it all. Sing, paint, organize birthday parties for everyone I knew. My parents would always stop me and say, Emma, maybe you should focus on one thing at a time. But I didn't understand why, when there was so much to do in the world. By high school, I was already the editor-in-chief of the school newspaper, chairman of the debate club, and a straight-A student. I don't know how you do it all. My friend Nora used to tell me, I have to study for my math test, and it's like you're a thousand miles ahead of me. It just seems that way. I can barely keep up. I've got a paper to write, and a violin lesson, and a date with Lionel. Yeah, I blushed a little. We're going to the movies tonight. Cool, I hope it goes well for you. I adored Nara, and I could talk to her about anything. We'd been best friends since kindergarten. From the moment Nora told me that she kissed Tom, we never hid anything from each other. She was the one who introduced me to Lionel. I was so nervous before the date. I asked myself the usual questions. What to wear? What should we talk about? Does he really like me? What if he thinks I'm boring? Doubts overwhelmed me for the rest of the evening. But nothing bad happened. We ended up having a great conversation. He told me about how they were preparing for the new soccer season and how the whole team got food poisoning from Patrick's sandwiches. And I said something about the upcoming newspaper release. Even though we didn't have similar interests, we still found common ground. The next day, I didn't remember what the movie was about, but I remembered the moment when Lionel grabbed my hand and then timidly let it go.
The school newsroom was as noisy and chaotic as usual. Even though our work was not paid, it felt as if we were preparing for an issue of Times Magazine. Emma, where have you been? You're late, was the first thing I heard when I walked into the room. That served as our office. Tim grudgingly crossed his arms and waited for me to answer. Urgent business. We don't know what to put on the front page. The story about the poisoning of the soccer team, or Brad Falchuk's story about the school being overrun by zombies. No horror stories, I exclaimed. The story isn't as bad as usual. Tim said and showed me the manuscript. No, I'd rather have a story about soccer players. We give them too much attention as it is. What if they miss the new season? That's important news. Tim muttered something. Brad was his friend, so he was always bringing his horribly written stories to the newsroom. In general, Tim was a great assistant. We often disagreed, though. He hated sports and school gossip. I, on the other hand, thought it was an important part of school life. If there's a fresh love story, preferably a sad one with yelling and crying, it's great for the paper. So, our paper was either loved or hated. Even though I was busy most of the time, I still managed to find time for Lionel. Going to the movies and coffee shops with him, listening to music. I even went to his team practice sometimes. After a while, we could no longer be without each other. One day, I stayed late at the newsroom and was late for a date with Lionel. I got out of school and saw a bus approaching the bus stop. I rushed towards it. There was a loud hunk and a screech of brakes when I was halfway there. I froze for a moment, and then there was darkness. I woke up at the hospital. My head felt heavy, like a marble ball. Everything was a blur. I could see faces, but I didn't recognize them. Then I fell asleep again. As I was later told, I ran onto the road without looking around and was hit by a car. The recovery process took several weeks. During that time, I discovered the strangest thing. Sometimes, I thought I could hear someone talking, but their mouth was closed. At the same time, I thought it was some kind of side effect of the medication, but I was wrong. The first time I realized that there was something wrong with me was when I was driving home with my parents. I settled in the backseat and heard my mom say, What was she thinking? She almost died. Always running around like a wind-up doll. That's not true! I tried to justify myself. I was in a hurry, and that car came out of nowhere. What are you talking about, honey? We don't blame you, said my father. Mom said I was a wind-up doll. I never said that, she protested, her eyes widening in surprise. But I just heard you say it. I didn't say anything, she said firmly, and then added to herself. How does she know what I was thinking? I hope I can make it to the game, my father said to himself. You just picked me up from the hospital, and you're already thinking about the game? No, I'm not. Dad protested, dumbfounded. And then, is she reading my mind? Mm. No, it can't be. She can probably tell by the look on my face that I want to get to the game in time. I leaned back in my seat and just stared out the window. I need to come to my senses. Everyone probably feels like they can hear or see something after an accident. I didn't pay much attention to the whole incident. But what happened at school could no longer be mistaken for an accident or post-hospital fatigue. As I entered the school building, fragments of phrases flashed through my head, which seemed to be addressed to no one in particular. No one notices me. It's like I'm invisible. I'll probably have to repeat the year, unless I manage to cheat in math. She said she didn't meet up with Darren, 
but I saw them. I need to eat less. I need to eat less. I looked at everyone with a surprised, almost frantic look. Then Kevin came up to me. It's good to see you. I hope you've recovered. When Kevin finished his sentence, I immediately heard his voice. Miss Perfect is going to remind us again how insignificant we all are, even though she herself can't even cross the road safely. I didn't understand where the voice was coming from. It made me feel uncomfortable. Were those his thoughts? The idea slipped through my head. Okay, I'll see you in biology class. Kevin left before I could answer, and I ran into Nora. She jumped up to me and gave me a big hug. I was so worried about you. And immediately, damn, I wish she could stay in the hospital forever. Why? I exclaimed. Aren't you glad to see me? I am, very much so. Nora fluttered her eyelashes innocently, and at that moment, I heard. Do I have it written all over my face that I'm not thrilled at all? I see. I walked out of the school and sat down on the bench. What's going on? I thought, why isn't anyone happy to see me? Am I going crazy? Or can I really read their minds? I heard something about people waking up with superpowers after an accident, but it can't be true, right? The facts proved otherwise. I could clearly hear what people were thinking, and as it turned out, a lot of people didn't have the highest opinion of me. Show off. Well, here she comes, homecoming queen. Dummy. Though their faces lit up with the most benevolent smiles in the world, that's when Lionel appeared. It would be better if it were a dream and not reality. Hey, Emma. He put his arm around my waist and kissed me on the cheek. How are you? Terrible. I feel like I'm going crazy. I wish you were. I wouldn't have to lie to you about Nora. What are you talking about? I didn't say anything. Don't worry about it. Everything's going to work out. Sure. My head was spinning. Lionel and Nora? No way. They wouldn't do that to me. But Warren's thoughts finally convinced me of what I didn't want to believe. Poor Emma. Doesn't even know her boyfriend was hanging out with Nora while she was in the hospital. I was shattered and depressed. Everyone turned their backs on me. Just as I was about to burst into tears, I heard a familiar voice behind me. She's back. It was Tim. Don't think that we were struggling without you. And then to himself. But the truth is, it was a mess here without you. It's so good that you're back. I sneered. Everything has probably fallen into shambles in the last three weeks. Not at all. People got a break from all the gossip. At least. You're probably right. What? What happened to Emma who used to chase every tabloid headline? Still at the hospital. Tim smiled, and I could hear what he was thinking. How glad I am to see you. If only you knew how much I've missed you. I was so surprised by what I heard. I couldn't really say anything, especially since I had to go to class. I always thought Tim didn't like me, but it turned out that wasn't the case. Somehow, I pulled myself together and got back to doing what I like best. I devoted even more energy to the school paper. I spent hours reading textbooks. I played the violin and a lot of other things. But I also wanted to get even with Nora and Lionel. So, I wrote an article about the two-faced couple. It came out pretty bitter and spiteful. I shouldn't have been so harsh, but it was too late to change it. Nora was very affected by the anonymous article, and I think you can all guess who the author was. I got a lot of fans after that article. 
Emma's really cool to do something like this. How conniving they are. That Lionel and Nora was in everyone's mind. And while everyone sympathized with me, everyone was avoiding Nora and calling her a stalker behind her back. So, my best friend became my sworn enemy. She, in fact, started a rumor that I was the first one who stole her boyfriend. I had to write a rebuttal article. People's opinion of me and Nora changed literally every day. I was either a liar or a hero. This whole show is beginning to annoy me. The only one who was consistently supportive of me the whole time was Tim. Yeah, forget it. People say what they say. You know how easy it is to manipulate other people's opinions. I think you did the right thing. You don't like articles like that. Yeah, but they deserved it. Nora didn't want to apologize and make peace with me. Instead, she and Lionel decided to take revenge on me. Not just verbally. She stole my diary and scattered the pages all over school. Now everyone knew something that wasn't meant for the wider audience. When I came to school, everyone already knew my secrets. Tim wanted to calm me down and give me a hug, but my emotions got the better of me, and I ran out into the street. The car came out of nowhere in the same spot as the last time. I think the road was cursed or something. I ended up in the hospital again. Nothing serious this time. I bruised my arm and banged my head slightly. The effect was staggering. I no longer heard voices. I can hear anyone's thoughts. People were a mystery to me again. Tim was visiting me in the hospital the whole time, <laughs> updating me on the latest news. The school principal investigated what had happened and found out what Nora had done. She was suspended from school for a while. Our feud stopped only a month later, when we were finally able to have a normal conversation. <laughs> Meanwhile, my relationship with Tim took a turn. At first, we just started talking a lot. But then, he admitted that he'd been in love with me for a long time. I really like you too. I told him. When I went back to school, I was well aware that everyone knew my secrets. But I couldn't hear anything else. And I didn't care what anyone thought of me. The main thing was that I had someone around me who liked me and always supported me. Although, this had no effect on our work at the newspaper. Tim and I continued to argue for hours about what to put on the front page. So, that's my story. Tell me. Would you like to be able to read other people's minds? And how would you use that ability? Write about it in the comments. No, I'm not going to give up that easily. I thought, as I sat in the cave, no one would find me here for sure, except for the group of tourists who'd come here on a field trip. Not only that, I found myself in a terribly uncomfortable situation because I was in a filthy cave in my wedding dress. I got kicked out of there in disgrace. It turned out that I was hiding in the tourist zone. Whoever thought of doing tours in caves? It stinks and is boring as hell. But as soon as I got outside, I was immediately picked up by my fiancé Jacob's men. Oh man, now I really have to get married. Hi, my name's Lily and my mom's making me get married so I don't have to be dependent on her anymore. My mother should get the Mother of the Year award because she's done enough to annoy me over the past year and also caused me serious injury. It's her fault I broke my arm, because she made me work as a janitor in the winter, and then one morning, when the power went out all over town, I slipped in the dark, fell down, and blacked out, and when I woke up, I had a cast on my arm. I was in terrible pain, 
but instead of words of encouragement, my mother said, you did it on purpose so you wouldn't have to work. Do I look crazy? No, you're just lazy. You're useless. You can feel sorry for my mother. She's got such a grown-up daughter who's still not working. But the thing is, we're pretty well off and we don't need anything. But my mother got it into her head that I have to work because I'm 18 years old now. The thing is, her friend's daughter has been working since she was 16 and helping the family. And my mom hears from her friend all the time about how great her daughter is. And then she blows her brains out that I should set an example. So adopt her. I once got angry. I'm not going to sacrifice my time for your whims. I'm actually at university, and if I work, I wouldn't have time to study. That's just an excuse, Lily. If you wanted to, you could find a way. I don't want to, so leave me alone. But Mom was determined not to give up, and I found out the next morning when I got into the shower and cold water was pouring down on me. I screamed so loud, the whole neighborhood must have heard me. I ran out of the shower right away, and I yelled at my mom, and she just shrugged her shoulders and said that the water had been cut off for non-payment because I don't work, so there's no hot water for me. Of course, I knew my mother turned off the heater herself by turning the valve. What are you talking about, daughter? I just didn't have the money to pay the water bill, and no one helps me financially. Soon, we probably won't even have electricity. I got really pissed off, and I had to go to my friend Melissa's house to take a shower. I felt really uncomfortable, but luckily, she understood. Melissa thought my mom was wrong, but I wasn't just lying on the couch all day with my phone on all day. I'm in school, and I'm an A student. Then my mom started selling stuff that I wasn't buying with my allowance. It was my money, so I'm entitled. Mom, you're crazy. We're doing fine. Why are you ruining it? You don't want to hear me. You don't want to understand me. I was able to get my laptop back, but I had to say goodbye to my old console, a fitness watch, and a new leather jacket. But even that didn't break me, because I kept standing on my ground. My studies would come first, even if I had no fight with my mom about it. And then I had an unexpected surprise. I came home from the university, and I saw a beautifully set table. Mom even bought me a new dress. What's the catch? Are you going to take it away tomorrow? Of course not, honey. Get dressed. We have guests coming over. A family visited us. I immediately noticed a very handsome boy. It turned out to be my mother's colleagues and their son. The guy was shy, but that only added to his charm. He and I had a nice chat about games, movies, and studying. I really liked the guy, but only until I found out something. My mom has a thing for talking loudly on the phone. She thought I'd gone to bed, but in fact, I was finishing my literature essay. And that's when I heard that it wasn't just guests. Turns out, our parents want to marry us. What? But why would mom do that? What's she up to? I ran out of the room right away. I reached the phone out of her hands, and I threw it at the wall, feeling like I was the coolest agent 007 ever. I heard that. What are you up to? If you don't want to work and help me, then you're going to get married. So you don't have to sit on my neck anymore, Lily. I was so shocked. I stood there like an ice-cold statue for a minute. When I came to myself, my mother had already locked herself in the bedroom. No, this is too much. I'm not marrying anyone. Never. 
Meanwhile, my mother called the family back in for dinner. I dressed up like a real goth. I climbed up on the table. I threw away all the food, and then I started singing Rumsting songs. Well, that's just to scare the guests. You guys are crazy, like the Adams family, the man exclaimed. And we have a coffin in the closet, I said, and I laughed wickedly. The guests immediately ran away in terror, and then I ran out of the house to avoid the hot hand of my wicked mother. I hid at Melissa's and told her everything. My friend suggested an interesting theory. Your mother probably wants you to work for a reason. Maybe she really does have some problems that you don't know about. That seemed like a sensible idea to me. The next day, I went through my mother's things. And I found something interesting. Turns out, about six months ago, she got mixed up with scammers, who scammed her out of a lot of money. So that's why she wants me to go to work so bad. Mom has debts that for some reason I have to pay off. When I told Mom that I knew her secret, she was able to get away with it. I needed money for a gift. You act so hard for an electric scooter. But I didn't ask to go into debt. That's your problem. We argued for a long time. And the very next day, another fiancé came to visit us. Very wealthy, handsome, but terribly spoiled. I didn't like him at first sight, but my mother begged me to marry him. We'll settle our debts, and then you'll get a divorce. You might even get something in the divorce. Do it for me. No way. However, that guy didn't know how to take no for an answer, and he got us married. But I wasn't going to give up either. So I ran away from my own wedding and hid in a cave. And then you know the rest. And when we danced the first dance, he purposely stepped on my feet. And I responded by throwing a piece of cake at him. As a joke, the guests laughed. I laughed too. But Jacob, on the other hand, he was furious. Believe me, I did everything to get him to divorce me. I ruined his food. I burned his clothes with an iron. And once, I sold cheaply through an online store for the goods he was supposed to ship to his business associates in another country. But Jacob remained undeterred. At least, that's what I thought, until we had a social evening. Jacob came on stage, told me how much he loved me, and cherished me. And then he showed people a slideshow of wedding photos. Except it wasn't wedding photos. They were mine, shameful ones, which the whole society saw. Now you've lost, Jacob said angrily. Then he came up to me. Let's just get a divorce. I'd love to, except our parents signed a contract, and I have to put up with you for a year. A year? I couldn't believe my ears. I can hold back the tears of despair. Jacob didn't even feel sorry for me. Just like that, I was all alone. It was good that I could go to the university and get support from Melissa. But my mom didn't see how miserable I was. She talked me into staying with Jacob forever because he's insanely rich. And he certainly wouldn't skimp on gifts and expensive things. There's no way in hell I'm staying with that jerk, I screamed. The year went by unbearably slowly, and I finally got my divorce. In the divorce, I had no claim on Jacob's family money, but he gave me $200,000 himself. Buy yourself a house and move away from your crazy mother. My ex-husband said, and then he added, I'm sorry about what happened. It's been a sucky year for both of us. That's for sure, but thanks for the money. I could use it. After the divorce, I immediately bought a house on the coast. It wasn't a new one, but I didn't care. 
My mother wanted to move in with me. She'd always wanted to move out of that cramped apartment and into a house of her own. Oh no, I'm going to live here alone, I said. Lily, how could you do this to your own mother? How could you do this to your own daughter? You got yourself into debt, and you made me pay it off without thinking about my schooling or what I wanted. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have this house. I'm the one who made you marry Jacob. Yes, and that was a terrible year, too. Even that 200000 wouldn't make up for it. I don't want to see you. I closed the door in front of my mother, and I cried. I was very hurt that she couldn't understand me, and it hurt even more that I would no longer be able to communicate with her. My mother had betrayed me. Melissa and I renovated my new house together, and then one night, Jacob showed up at my door. Did something happen? Yeah, I don't have anybody to talk to, and I have a problem. Jacob told me his business is failing, and he has nowhere else to go, because all his friends and majors had turned their backs on him. My friend wanted him out, because she knew how he humiliated me at that social gathering. No, he's staying. And even though my ex-husband and I weren't friends, he gave me money after the divorce and helped me move out of my mother's house. I helped Jacob come to his senses after he lost his business. I also suggested a good idea for a startup. He loved the idea, but I had to sell the house to make it happen. Melissa thought the guy was going to screw me, but Jacob didn't. Instead, he took a cut, and now we're making money together from the business. The business helped us get closer and become friends. However, no amount of money helped me to reconcile with my mother. She was now resentful of me, but I didn't want to crawl on my knees in front of her either. But I hope that in future, we can forgive each other. Do you think my mom deserved forgiveness? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and subscribe to the channel. I stepped back in fear, thinking I was dead. With my back against the wall, I squeezed my eyes shut and couldn't hold back a scream. Now this huge hot dog was going to kill me for sure. Why did we even come out of the bunker? Hi, my name's Stacy, and I lived in a bunker with my family for 17 years. And it honestly wasn't the best idea to come out of there. But back to me and the killer hot dog, which was reaching out to me. He must have had a gun in there. I screamed even louder. And I think the hot dog himself was scared by my scream. Come on. It's just a flyer for a coffee shop. You don't have to react like that. No, I mean, I know I've pissed off everyone in this neighborhood, but your reaction, miss, is very hurtful, you know. What? You can talk? I asked with a dumbfounded expression, touching a soft hot dog. It's strange. It's made of some kind of material. Pleasant to the touch. Isn't it real? Of course I can. I'm actually a human being too, and you should respect my work. An offended hot dog threw some colorful flyers at my feet and walked away to my loud laughter. I couldn't calm down when I imagined what the whole situation looked like from the outside. And I didn't know people here dressed up in food costumes to promote the food itself. Well, that's not a bad move. I took the flyer and went to the cafe to get my free hot dog. And while I ate the tastiest food in the world, sitting at a table, I thought about my parents, who are probably looking all over town for me. We came out of the bunker not long ago. Honestly, I thought I'd spend my whole life in it, because mom and dad were terrified of the outside world. They always told me it wasn't safe here, and I believed them, even though it made me sad. We had a lot of books in the bunker, 
and I read them every day. And they were so interesting and exciting. I wanted to see more and more of the outside world every day. But then, something clicked in their heads, and they realized that they couldn't keep me in isolation forever. So when I turned 17, we went out on the surface, and I was blown away by how big and noisy the world really was. Honestly, I was expecting to see vast oceans and pirates. And by the way, I did see them, except they weren't sailing in a huge ship. They were entertaining children near some tall building. I ran up to them with a happy smile, and I told them I wanted to be a pirate too, to look for treasure. The pirate even got confused, and I took away his sword and began to scare the children, thinking that they probably want to take the chest of gold. But the children were not frightened. They laughed and shouted for joy, and one of them even took my sword and bent it. It's not real? I wondered. Of course it isn't real, the pirate grumbled. So you're not a real pirate? I was about to burst into tears. Girl, are you out of the woods? Pirate don't exist since a long time ago. Now go away and don't interfere with children's party. Not only had I been insulted, I was disappointed in pirates. But that wasn't the worst part. I lost my head so much in joy when I saw the pirates that I ran away from my parents and got lost. At first, panic overwhelmed me and I couldn't breathe. The high-rises were floating in front of my eyes and my head was spinning. But when I calmed down, I realized this was a great chance to explore the real world. I was sure my parents had limited me in many ways. And then, an epic encounter with the hot dog happened, which scared the crap out of me. Because I didn't know that food had learned to walk. But as it turned out, it was just a man who made me try a hot dog for the first time in my life. To be honest, I was getting pretty tired of canned food. When I walked out of the cafe, insanely happy, I almost got hit by a car on the road. Look where you're going! The driver shouted at me. You watch where you're going! Can't you see that the light is red? Girls aren't allowed to cross the road on red. The driver, upon hearing this, wagged his finger at my temple, and I showed him my tongue and crossed the road still, even though other cars were honking their horns. Oh, what strange rules they have! Who decided to discriminate against women and forbid them to cross the road at a red light? But as soon as I stepped back from that rudeness, someone grabbed my arm. Jin, how many times do we have to look for you? We're in the middle of a photo shoot. There was a disgruntled woman standing in front of me I've never seen before in my life. But I didn't. Let's go, otherwise Alex will be furious. What's the matter with you anyway? You're dressed like you just got out of the bunker. But I am. That's a good one, Jean. But now is not the time for it. I spent the whole trip trying to explain to the stranger that she'd mistaken me with someone else. But the woman was either on the phone with someone else or she wasn't paying attention to me. We arrived at some studio. The photographer looked at me unhappily and said I looked terrible. Is everyone here so rude? I got indignant and crossed my arms. You act like it's your first day on the job, girl. Alex snorted. Run and get changed. I don't want to see that trash on you again. They took me to a room with a big mirror, and I got makeup and cool fancy clothes, which were more like shapeless rags. How are my clothes any worse? They're even better. What kind of fashion is this? During the photo shoot, Alex kept yelling at me because my posing was awful. 
and I didn't know how else to stand. I wanted to cry and go back to the bunker because my loving parents were waiting for me there, not angry photographers. You're crying too? You're crazy. We're gonna have to do your makeup all over again. I'm not Jin, leave me alone. Have you been out till morning again? You feel very bad if you don't get enough sleep. That's enough, I'm leaving. They tried to stop me. Fortunately, the real Jin appeared in the studio at that time. She stared at me in utter shock. Alex and that woman were also surprised. They'd mistaken their motto with me. However, there was no apology from them. They just threw me out, calling me a fraud. How rude people are after all. After that incident, I sat down on the pavement and I cried. I was so scared. I was lost and didn't know how to find my parents. I wanted to go back to the bunker. And even though it was cramped and gloomy, it was a normal environment for me and my family. I walked down the street as far as I could see until I met a policeman. Seeing my condition, he asked me what had happened. I told him the details of my situation. He didn't believe me about the bunker, but he promised to find my parents. They took me to the police station, where I spent full 24 hours. But it was worth it, because the next night, my parents came to pick me up. Stacy, honey, we're so glad we found you. We were so worried. Me too. I hugged mom and dad, and I cried tears of joy. The policeman asked me sternly if it was true that we were living in a bunker. I just wanted to say that it was true. My father interrupted and said, That a bunker is what we call our little provincial town. Later, my parents explained to me that we shouldn't tell outsiders where we lived. Are we going back to the bunker? No, my daughter. My mother said, and she stroked my head. We'll live here now. I was very upset because I didn't like this world at all. In the books, it was different, but in reality, it was noisy and dusty and terribly cruel. Turns out, my parents had an apartment all along. We started living there. At first, it was very hard for me to fall asleep in a soft bed, going out to the store every day and standing in huge lines. But most of all, for some reason, it was the loud music that scared me. I wanted to hide from it as quickly as possible. Also, it seemed very strange to me that people would ask me how I was doing, but when I started to tell them my life story, they didn't listen to me at all. How silly. They asked, didn't they? However, I really liked the internet. But when I started using it, I ran into some scammers. They stole all the money from my dad's account that I'd been saving in there for 20 years. Can you believe it? I was so ashamed. I even tried to lie about having nothing to do with it. You think the money disappeared on its own? Dad frowned. Of course. The internet is so unpredictable and confusing. But in the end, Dad cracked me up and only scolded me for lying to him. That's how we ended up with no money. I was insanely ashamed of what I'd done, and I wanted to give my father back all his savings. But how? I don't know how to do anything. I didn't even go to school. They probably wouldn't hire me without it. However... Good luck turned to me. One day, I met the very same Jin in a store. The girl recognized me and apologized for the way I'd been treated so rudely. And then, she made me a lucrative offer. Since we looked so much alike, we could do a couple's photo shoot. That would be awesome. The PR people would come up with a story about missing twins who meet up years later. But that's a lie. I objected. 
Yeah, but why do we care? They'll pay a lot. That's all that matters. Do you agree? Of course I said yes. After all, our family needed the money. But I really didn't like modeling. Everyone yelled at me. They were always pulling my hair. And I had to pose for hours at a time. Oh, it was exhausting. Jin, on the other hand, was happy with everything. She once told me that we were making a lot of money now, and she was giving half of it to me. But then I found out by chance that she wasn't giving me half of what she earned, but only a third. Even she lied to me, although I trusted her, told her about the problems in the family. But Jin was devoid of empathy, and she cared more about making money than about my trouble. After that, I quit my job, even though I needed the money. Our family would get by somehow, but I wasn't going to put up with the lie, because I knew that if you've been cheated once, then they would cheat you the second and third time. My parents, learning about this situation, supported me, and then made an appointment to see a psychologist, because every day in the big city, I was getting worse and worse. Thanks to therapy, I stopped being afraid of music big buildings, and the strange people that were all around me. And I finally started using the subway, and I even felt comfortable there. The subway was underground. It reminded me remotely of my home bunker. Later, when our family had money, my parents hired me a homeschooling teacher, so I wouldn't look too stupid at 17. That's how drastically my life changed when I came out of the bunker. I'm used to it now. And I remember my past adventures with laughter. How would you feel in the big city after living in isolation? Write your answers in the comments. Click the bell so you don't miss new stories. And like this video. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.